Hi. Hello. Welcome. Have you heard the good news about the blue dogs? Blue dogs? No. <laughs> uh, I am Sophia. I use she, her pronouns. Hang I <laughs> I'm yeah. Kat or Dylan and I use they, them pronouns. Um, so these blue dogs, they're apparently these, um, a, there is a pack of stray dogs wandering around Russia that sure. um, are uh, bl- just blue because of, um, well, I mean, it might not be good because they are, they were like found near like a a factory um they were found near a derelict glass factory in Dzersky I think I don't know it's russian in in Mos- east of moscow oh um a pack of seven dogs and the factory had been producing acrylic gla- glass uh, and prussic acid, hmm. and it is suspected that the dogs rolled around in powdered blue dye ah. at the plant. I'm gonna send you a link. These dogs are really cute. <laughs> they are bright, I, and I don't mean like blue as in they look like a little blue. They are bright blue dogs. I sent it in the Zoom chat. Uh-huh. Do you want me to send it in WhatsApp? No, I can I can click on it. They're um, bright blue. I can blue click d- on it. I know how to work a computer. <laughs> yeah, these are bright blue dogs. These aren't just like kind of blue dogs. They are blue. Oh my goodness. Blue dogs. Yeah. <gasps> Fluffy blue babies. Yeah. I mean, the dogs are fine. Yeah. They're okay. Um, God. He's so blue. The last line of this article from the BBC is, whatever caused the bright colored f- fur... The case, uh, the cases highlight the continuing risk from chemical pollution in Russia, which may, which many old industrial plants partly, which has many, man, tonight's going to be a hard night for reading. <laughs> um, uh, highlighted continuing risk, chemical pollution in Russia, which has many old industrial plants partly. A legacy of communism. It all comes back to communism. Mm. Um, They're so blue. They're so blue. (laughs) Um, They're blue. They're these little. They're these blue-faced babies. Can you imagine if if Gigi had rolled in this stuff? I have a white for reference. My dog, she's I have a I have a golden doodle who's very pale. She's a she's very pale. She's white. Mm-hmm. She would be blue if she if this were if this were her she would be blue. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, what was I gonna say? My brain's a little fuzzy today. I guess. <laughs> oh boy. There's a period of our life when we wanted to dye her. It, um, not actually. We were joking that we could dye her the color, our school colors, and she could be our mascot. Do you remember that? I don't remember that, but that sounds precious. 
I love a dog. Bring her to fencing. I so this past summer, not summer weekend. This past weekend, I saw a bunch of my cousins in my parents' backyard, like safely far apart. But I met both of their new dogs, who are very, very sweet. And it's been so long since I've like held a small dog in my lap. Um, and I was just like holding these like precious precious doggies in my lap and I was just like this is I love cats so much but there's something about having a dog in your lap like licking your face and squirming I've never had a little dog so I wouldn't I wouldn't know the I wouldn't know the feeling also I just had a thought when you said you know like you were with your cousins and stuff um you're getting juiced this weekend right I am getting juiced this weekend that good old JJ jj that one shot one kill juice yep because um, that's the only that's the only shot you can get in massachusetts so right now because not for everything not else for me. is booked up oh not for are you are you getting getting juiced pfizer on the 14th nice. and um so i i realized after i booked my appointment that i may have made a mistake mm-hmm. and so for people who've already had covid the first shot has more side effects oh. because of antibodies. Here's why that's a problem for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm giving a talk at this at at, at a symposium <laughs> two days after um, I get my vaccine. <laughs> yeah, so oh. I'm giving a talk. Um, I'm giving a 12 minute talk, and then I have two. I have three minutes of Q and A afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, talking about the research that I've been doing all semester long. Fuck yeah. You got which this. Is really, which is really super cool. And I'm just, I'm not, I don't, I don't know how much side effects I'll have because I've waited, I'll have waited 60 days to get my vaccine. So I'm knocking on wood and, and praying that I don't get a lot of side effects. And I'm getting Pfizer, not Moderna. So you I ever think- remember something really embarrassing? yeah i mean yes my freshman year of college i had to give a presentation for my robotics class because i was such a nerd i mean i've always been a nerd but freshman year i took so many computer science classes for a film major anyway um i thought you were a film and computer science major though eh, no because i only took two computer science classes and they were all were fresh f- or three all freshman year. What were you then? You were a film and something else though. Film and new media. But I, I was gonna like also do computer science, but then didn't. Oh, especially because um, my school huh. doesn't have majors. Um, <laughs> I'm a liberal arts major. Um. <laughs> oh, but I I just remembered. Um, I. Uh, the night I had to give a big presentation at the end of the semester um, during my robotics or like my computer science robotics class, which was um, Friday morning. None of my other friends had Friday classes. So Thursday was the big party night and I didn't drink, but I did go to a party the night before Oh no! and got like secondhand high. And I think I had maybe one drink Um, and I was like, I, I was mentally just exhausted, 
but I You're looked just... and felt and acted just supremely hungover. I think it'll be next... okay. I mean, I'm my talk isn't until almost one o'clock. Mm-hmm. So worst comes to worst, I'll just go to bed really early Thursday night and just sleep a lot. I mean, do you have other stuff going on that day? Nope. Maybe go to bed late and then you can sleep in. And have well, but been awake not, for less why, long. But why not go to bed early and sleep in? Can you do that? I'm incapable. Yes. If I go to bed early, I'm up at eight. No, no, no I can't. I, I force myself to. Or just like stay in bed and not do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, just, just chill. You know, or you know what I can do? I can go and get breakfast and then come back and take a nap. That's what I can do. <laughs> So a great but, option, but hopefully, hopefully my my vaccine doesn't do anything. Doesn't to fuck me. you up really hard. Um, I'm DMing for D and D the day after I get the JJ, and the JJ tends to fuck you up the most, real good. right? Yeah, because you're getting it's, two for the that, price of one. It's that one um, shot, one kill. It's that one shot, one kill. Um, and I should we be talking about a vaccine like it's, you know, like a like a yeah whatever we're very pro vaccine in this podcast no no no, i i know but the greatest advancement of technology my friend who um my friend who's autistic Mm -hmm. was telling me that they got the vaccine and they were like i got the vaccine and now i have two times the autism (laughs) um and i was like that's yes Like, should it's the um? Have you seen? There's a person on TikTok, um, who is disabled and makes a lot of jokes about being disabled. And she's always like, "No, you can't laugh at the jokes I'm making on this platform about myself." Yeah, it's the it's it's the. I love I love when there's a there's another comic who she has Tourette's. Mm-hmm. And she talks about how disabled people never feel weird about laughing at her jokes that she tells. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, my job is a comic. Yes, you can laugh. I wouldn't tell the jokes if I didn't fucking want you to laugh. It's like we were all on a Zoom call yesterday and one of my other friends who's on this Zoom call of a bunch of disabled people. That's what the call was about. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. But I've talked about it on this podcast. The road that I look out on, it's two streets and they're one way. Mm-hmm. I watched someone yesterday not only go the wrong way, but drive up over the curb. <laughs> <laughs> and I said that as I'm on the Zoom call. I'm like, oh, my God, I just watched somebody go the wrong way and over the curb. And my friend in the Zoom call is like, are you sure they're not blind? And I'm like, I don't know if they're blind, but they might be dyslexic because they clearly didn't read the one way sign. Um. Yeah. Anyway, you can make jokes about the groups that you belong to. One of our very good friends in high school is dyslexic, and he was in the Scrabble Club. Oh, my God. I didn't know this. Um, Yeah. Um, Not the president and founder of the Scrabble Club, but his best friend. Um, And (laughs) it was the three of us. (laughs) Somebody who has the Scrabble dictionary memorized, somebody who is dyslexic, and me, who once got a 2% on a 38-question spelling test. Mathematically oh impossible. 
Um, <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know that he was on the Scrabble Club. I've, I play sometimes Boggle with my family, mm-hmm. which they think is hilarious. I play it with my mom and my brother, who both of them are, they can read. Um, <laughs> they have no problem reading mm-hmm. words. It's fine. And I was talking, I mentioned being on the podcast and leaning into the fact that I could hear your cat typing. (laughs) (laughs) All day, all day, I've been trying to be productive and she has been climbing onto my computer. And I'm like, do you know what I heard you could get? You could get her a broken laptop and give it to her. I have a a tiny laptop for her, like a little toy laptop. No, not a toy laptop. uh, But she used to work. I just can't find it right now. (laughs) That's okay. That's fair. Um, well, I was talking about, it's really funny that I've sort of just leaned into my disability being dyslexic because Mm -hmm. I have, um, created a podcast in which I do read out loud. Yes. (laughs) Which is a great segue, um, into... Oh, wait, wait, but I wasn't done with the Scrabble thing. I had such a good segue, though. Hold it. Just hold it for one second. (sighs) This particular friend... Anytime anybody else in Scrabble Club put the letters down in the wrong order or anything, he would go, ha ha, I've infected you. <laughs> With so much glee in his voice. Oh, uh, that's very and that good. Was his, like, his whole thing was like he, he spent K through 12 with his best friend, founder of the Scrabble Club, trying to, uh, trying to spread dyslexia, dyslexia to this friend. Brilliant. Um, yeah. Um, fuck, what was I going to say? Oh, can I go first this week? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. What was your segue? No, my segue was just that... Um, We're going to read aloud? Yeah, and I can't do it. But it's fun because I goof up on the podcast and I think that's fun. Yeah. Reading out loud is so hard if you haven't read what you're about to read before which and i most, never most which of the time I, ne- I will like skim the article to make sure it doesn't get mad depressing for no reason in the middle yeah um but yeah um can you not <laughs> most God, of the time i will like today most of the time i will like slowly look i will look through it um I realized I had an idea the other day that I should look through it for all of the names. I don't know if it's more... I got worried that me mispronouncing names is... Because I know mispronouncing names is often a microaggression, and I don't Mm -hmm. ever want to... I don't want to do that. But I also thought, is it a microaggression if I do it to literally every single name I come across all the time? Dyslexic. I also am dyslexic. It's not. It's not on purpose. And if you told me how to say your name, I would not do it. I do it to literally everyone, unless your name is phonetic, um, have- or a name I've or a name I've seen like a thousand times before. If it's like, anyway, because it's like I do. I really don't. I really don't want to. I really don't want to do the microaggressions. Yeah. I really, I promise it's really not on purpose. I really, and I don't, I really do it. But I, th- I think about it a lot and I like, should I pull out, should I go through my articles and pull out the names beforehand? But I also, I think it's more fun to do improv things and be yeah. more fun. I don't know. If anyway, if we have any more people. Point, you listen to this podcast and there's a name that is from your culture and you're like, hey, it hurt my feelings when you pronounced it wrong. Call us out. Like, yeah, let please. us know. Please, please tell us how to pronounce names. 
if um, that is something I I actively do want to be better at doing. Speaking um, of mispronouncing names, I'm probably going to do that in this article, which comes to us from The Verge by James Vincent, and it's called or the the headline is the long lost Lord of the Rings adaptation from Soviet Russia is a <gasps> glorious fever dream. Yes, holy shit! Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. what? Subtitle: Like found footage from a Hobbit's camcorder. <laughs> we hold on, cat. <gasps> um, we should just not. I I'm excited about my article, but. We can we can put my article on the back burner and save it for fucking next week because I have a feeling I have a feeling this particular week may be a doozy in terms of our conversation. The article is pretty pretty short, but oh, there okay. is a lot to unpack. <laughs> um, in this podcast, we do have time to unpack all of it. Um, <clears throat> okay, uh, so long lost Lord of the Rings, so. Long lost Lord of the Rings adaptation from Soviet Russia is a glorious fever dream, like found footage from a hobbit's camcorder. First of all, that might be this. That at some point, if we ever have a Patreon, one of our Patreon bonus contents should be making a tier list of the headlines, the the best headlines that we've read on the podcast. This is Um. up there. The 1991 made-for-TV film features glorious low-budget special <laughs> glorious low-budget special effects and shonky costumes. Shonk. Spell S- that word H- for me. S h o n k y. Cool. Also, look at this cool. screen cap. Who? Frodo? I guess. <laughs> Is that you? It, uh, the the screen cap that I just showed Sophia is from the film, and there's like weird. It's a it's a hobbit perhaps with beautiful mutton chops, holding a ring on one like at the very very tip of one very long finger. I think that's Frodo. I think that's supposed to be Frodo. <clears throat> you may think you're familiar with the Lord is, of wait, the Rings. Wait, wait, is this Lord of the Rings or is it, this this is Lord of the Rings, not Straight the up, Hobbit? Yeah. Okay. Uh, is this the yeah. full trilogy? I don't know. I guess okay. we'll have to find out. It's made for TV. Uh, you oh, may think uh, you're never, <clears throat> never a good start. <laughs> uh, you may think you're familiar with the Lord of the Rings, but wait. Nothing- also, wait. When was it made? 1991. Yeah. Hang on. Wait. 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 When did the Soviet? When did the <laughs> Soviet? <laughs> it's important context. Clickety clackety. Wait. What? Wait. You said when was it released? What date? I do not know. This okay. Unless it was released between December twenty seventh unless it was released between December twenty seventh and it was released literally the year the Soviet Union fell. The Soviet Union fell December twenty sixth, nineteen ninety one. So this is the lead up to the this is in the year the Soviet Union fell. So that's the political oh climate we're talking about. Oh um, my gosh. Fun fun fact about me. Um, I have decided for various reasons that I wanted to switch to using Firefox as my primary browser. Um, Good for, I use Firefox for my personal stuff and then Chrome for school stuff. Makes sense. Um, but ever since I uh, switched my default browser on my computer to Firefox, my phone, which is a Google phone, 
hasn't worked well. Oh boy. <laughs> Google's gonna Google's gonna silence this episode. Anyway. <clears throat> You may think you're familiar with The Lord of the Rings, but nothing can quite prepare you for an adaptation of J.R.R. Tolkien's classic fantasy text made in the Soviet Union. The made-for-TV film first aired on Leningrad, <coughs> Leningrad television in 1991 and was thought to be lost to time, as first reported by The Guardian. But the station's successor, 5TV, recently unearthed the copy from its archives and uploaded the entire work to YouTube in two parts. <laughs> You <laughs> off I go. Five TV, Soviet Russian. <laughs> Soviet Lord of the Rings. There's somebody made highlights from it. How long is it? It's only an. It's two hours long. Well, there's two parts. Yes, it's in two parts. It is about two hours long. Oh wow, it's um, not that's long not enough. Very long. That's not long enough. There's so much that happens on the Lord of the Rings. Um, low budget special effects and Soviet mood music. Uh, with a running time of around one hour and 50 minutes, this adaptation focuses only on the first book. Okay. Of oh, okay. Tolkien's trilogy, The Fellowship okay. of the Ring. That's, and you know, that's about long enough then. Because if you think about how yeah. long was The Fellowship? The, the Fellowship of the Rings, which came out 20 years after this, was about... Never mind. It's like three the, hours, isn't it? The non-theatrical release of The Fellowship of the Rings is, in fact, three hours and 48 minutes. So, <laughs> <clears throat> um, never mind. Uh, with a running time of an hour and 50 minutes, this adaptation focuses only on the first book of the to- Tolkien's trilogy, The Fellowship of the Ring. And it is it, and is a riot of low-budget special effects, bizarre camera work, and Soviet mood music. Rather than the epic Hollywood fantasy captured so well by Peter Jackson, this adaptation feels like a weird fairy tale told by a pipe-smoking madman in the woods. Oh, I've been watching the first 30 seconds of it. Accurate? Um, <laughs> the, it's, it's it's weird. Also, the ring, the one ring that you know how it's supposed to be elvish, yeah. which is this like Tolkien wrote out this like mm-hmm. you can. Yep, it, it's not. It's in Russian. <laughs> the like the engraving, <laughs> the like the engraving of the one ring to rule them all. It's in Russian. It's not in. Oh boy. Um, I wonder I want to find it with uh feels like a weird fairy tale told by a pipe smoking madman in the woods. In other words, it captures a completely legitimate aspect of Lord of the Rings, just not one that we're necessarily used to. If you've got time to watch the whole thing, here are a few if you've not got time to watch the whole things, here are a few choice moments as helpfully identified in the timestamped and timestamped by YouTube user Chris Stacker. In two comments, the opening sequence featuring music composed by Andrei Roman- Rom- Romanov of Russian rock group Akvarium. Akvarium. Okay. An incredibly bleary shot of the One Ring and snippets of Nazgul riding through yep. the snow. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Gandalf's arrival at Bilbo's birthday party and the fireworks display. Look, when we said the special effects weren't up to much, we meant it. Gandalf is missing his familiar staff and wizard's hat, but otherwise looks perfectly wise and or smug. And there's a picture of what looked to be like cartoon fireworks. Like just some lines and stars drawn on the film. Um, oh my god. Smeagol faults goodness Smeagol fights Diego claims the one ring and turns into Gollum for the Soviet adaptation there's none of that slow transformation into a hideous shadow of the formal self for Smeagol nope instead he puts on the ring and suddenly he's Mr. Greenstick he's su- suddenly he's Mr. Greenskin sneaky hands and why exactly is the chorus going over and over in the background that my oh. friend is a little thing called ambiance oh my god <laughs> I want to watch oh, it. I think this is Smeagol, not not Bilbo. What? No. What? No. <laughs> Smeagol's just some guy with muffin, muffin, mu- mutton chops. Mutton chops? Oh, so the only way. Oh my god. The, so the only way you can actually watch it with subtitles is um, you have to watch it with the. So it's. It's <clears throat> Russian auto-generated subtitles, and mm-hmm. then you have to watch it with auto-translated English subtitles. Oh, goodness. So, oh. Kat, when we've both had the, that good, good juice, and by that good, good juice, I mean that... The vaccine. That, that vaccine. Can we watch this and then Absolutely. do a special episode on it? That's what our, you know, that's what our Patreon should be. Our Patreon should be our movie podcast. Our movie podcast. Um. Anyway, sorry, my brain is because like, we have to have a business meeting in the podcast. I'm just oh saying. yeah, of course. Um, can't have our, an episode work of our on podcast. Our social media before we think about a Patreon. <laughs> Fine. Um, the hobbits set out on their adventure. If this bit looks like the behind-the-scenes footage from a 1990s theater troupe, that's because it is. Where did the sleigh come from? Why is that one hobbit arguing with a mouthful of food? Who gives a damn? Skip forward to see to also to see them trapped in the old forest. It's old Tom Bombal- Bombadil. Bomb- Bombadil. Bombadil. Did okay. you not mean- I have a very special attachment to the Lord of the Rings books. Specifically, mm-hmm. my dad read them to me when I was a wee baby. Nice. I tried by, to read them in high school. And by a wee Could baby, I mean them. like between like almost I think almost all of middle school we spent reading. My dad spent reading Lord of the Rings to me before I went to bed every night. That's so nice. Um because I have a great relationship with my father. So, take that <laughs> sorry that was so mean to that was so aggressive sorry yeah i have a great relationship with my father for everybody out there who doesn't have a great relationship with their dad you can live vicariously through me i guess um when i was growing up the um i would only let my dad read me mr popper's penguins for the 50th time it's and a great book. my father's dragon series oh my god two great books well a book series and a book yeah my mom oh, and i read nancy fa- drew and my sister and i read harry potter rest in peace this is harry <laughs> potter um, um bombadil is that what you bombadil tom bombadil which they cut <clears throat> from lord of the rings the movies 
I was really upset about it. I loved Tom Bombadil. He was well, great. he's here. He's here. Here he wow. is. Already superior. One of the oddest of to- Tolkien's characters, a mystery figure who might be God and who was left out of the pe- out of Peter Jackson's adaptation for being extraneous to the plot. Um, he can certainly be removed from the story without much damage, but it's still a joy to see him here with his wife, Goldberry. Um, uh, Frodo meets Aragon at the Prancing Pony, as Staker notes, uh, the curious, the goodness, the creators have, by this point, given up on trying to make the hobbits look le- smaller than the other characters. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. Soviet no. Aragorn. Soviet Aragorn has decidedly less sexy mystique than Viggo Mortensen. But really, who doesn't? Yeah, it's that's hard. the same size. That's really... Oh, my God. So they really just gave up. They literally... Uh, The Council of Elrond. It feels more like a scene from one of Shakespeare's history plays than the lush elegance of Jackson's Rivendell, but it does the job. Skip forward to see Saruman warn Gandalf of the... (sighs) Why can't I read today? Skip forward to see Saruman warn Gandalf of the coming orc army beautifully rendered as little dudes in horned helmets swiping at nothing at the bottom of the screen um Gandalf makes his escape with the help of the eagles could they have picked a less bug-eyed bird toy to depict the eagle maybe but (laughs) oh my god I'm looking at it on the corner at the corner of my screen but why don't you go make an adaptation of the lord of the rings with a dollar Oh, God. Why can't I read today? Um, Gandalf makes his escape with the help of the eagles. Could they have picked a less bug-eyed bird toy to depict the eagle? Maybe. But why don't you go make an adaptation of The Lord of the Rings with a budget of $50 and see if you can do any better? God, this eagle. This eagle, my dudes. What? Okay, I skipped ahead and I'm I'm now at part two and I skipped ahead to the end. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what's happening. Um, I'm <laughs> sure have, we'll get there. I have no idea what this is. Um, battling orcs and Moira. Orcs here are less monstrous Moria. creatures and more just some Moria. dudes, I guess. Moria. What? what? Moria. Moria? Moria. Moira. Moria. <laughs> I just imagine Moira from... <laughs> Shit's Creek. <laughs> no, Moira you can't that? put that there. It's no. I haven't seen very. I haven't seen Shit's Creek recently. My um impersonation is going to be David. terrible. That's that's how you get into the Moira voice. You got to say David. David. Um. Anyway, <laughs> where was I? Oh, in Moria. Orcs here are less monstrous creatures and more just some dudes, I guess. What's lacking in special effects is more than made up for with shaky camera work. <laughs> Skip forward to see them traversing the bridge of Kazadum, Ka- and Gandalf is dead, I guess? Yep. Enter, oh god, Galadriel? Ga- Galadriel. Galadriel. And the magic of dance? This 
is pretty much how I remember this scene from the books. Elves are immortal and live forever in weird enclaves. That means you're basically a cult. The hobbits, meanwhile, are stunned by how good they are at dancing and then get drugged. Oh, that must be where I'm at. Um, skip forward a few minutes and you can see Galadriel. Galadriel. Galadriel get tempted by the one ring. Do you know who this was? This was Kate Blanchett in ah. Peter Jackson's adaptation. Vaguely. I've, I've definitely seen pictures of her in the costume. Um, Frodo breaks an apple in two with his hands. No, I know this scene is otherwise a bit boring and is mainly about Boromir getting weird and clingy, but the apple thing is still cool. Have you ever tried to do this? It's damn hard. <laughs> I have. I've tried to do it before and I've done it before. Me too. It's 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 fun. Um, Frodo and Sam are doing it for themselves. Everyone else is corrupted by the power. Only friendship remains. I absolutely love the ending here, particularly the music choice. This is really what Lord of the Rings is about at heart. Just guys being dudes. This is so, this is so, this would be, I have to say, I'm not one, I am, you know, Blivierless or whatever, but I am not one to want to do hallucinogenics. Um... This would be a fucking wild trip to watch while doing hallucinogenics. Also, I figured out what we're going to do the next time we watch The Meg. Mm -hmm. And when we watch it the next time, we are going to play Dark Side of the Moon, Pink Floyd. We have to to do Dark Side of the Meg. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Us and our weird obsession with this movie. (laughs) And that's it. What's really amazing to consider is that this adaptation also aired only a decade before the first of the Peter, Peter Jackson's blockbuster trilogy. If only the Soviet Union had survived a little longer, we could have seen more <laughs> of the... Sorry, I just... I love the, the, the like jovial attitude that's like, if only the Soviet Union had lasted longer for movies, if only the for Soviet film's Union, sake. If only communism in the Soviet Union had lasted a little bit longer. If only Gorbachev hadn't torn down that wall. Thanks, Reagan. <laughs> I do hate Reagan, though. You know... Today is the some year anniversary of when Margaret Thatcher died too. So, mm. um, yeah. Um, so that's the end of the article. Just very briefly on Reagan. Um, one time I had this uh coworker who was my. This was when I was like eighteen and working a summer job. I had this coworker who was like my age, pretty much like barely an adult, you know. Um, <clears throat> who was like really conservative um like like um so this was on cape cod he had never been to p-town because he was afraid of it conservative what was he afraid of drag drag queens beating him up like i yeah i don't know um anyway this coworker uh was like one day he was like who's your favorite president actor i don't know which actor this is in the Lord of the Rings that I'm watching. I'm I'm watching it right now. I don't know which mm-hmm. one this one is, but he's kind of cute. So I'm going to guess Boromir. Because in Peter Jackson, it's either Boromir or Legolas. Because that's either Sean Bean or... The other one. The, the other one. Um, I'm not going to have Bloom. the answers you seek. <laughs> Orlando Bloom. I almost Everything said I the- know about Lord of the Rings comes from memes. No, um, the I almost the I almost said um instead of saying Orlando Bloom, which is who it is, 
I almost said the hot one from Pirates of the Caribbean. I've seen one of the Lord of the Rings movies. I don't remember which one it was, but I remember there were the two. What are their names? The two hobbits who are in love. Which two? Okay, but both of the two (laughs) sets of hobbits are in love. It's Sam and Frodo, and they're in love, but also Merry and Pippin, and they're in love. Those two. Yeah. But then they they were doing something with food, and it was precious, and they were my favorites. Listen, both Um, two sets of hobbits that you follow throughout the story, they're both in love. That's... um, The Hobbit is actually about... Not The Hobbit. The Lord of the Rings is about loving your friends, but in a good way. Yes. Yes. Oh, but this this and 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 Sean Astin, Sean Astin agrees. Do you know about this? No. In like a recent COVID like Zoom get together reunion thing, Mm -hmm. he says that um, or he and Elijah Wood were talking about how um, they both think that Sam and Frodo are he. Well, Sam ends up getting married. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was like, I think Sam's completely bisexual. And I think if you look at the subtext of the story, it's pretty explicit <laughs> that he's in love, completely oh. in love with Frodo in not just a friend way. Yeah. Because there's no way you let your friend do the shit that Frodo did to you if you're not head over heels in love with them. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, sorry. I just, I need to say this story cause it was fucking wild. Oh, yeah. He's dead in the store that we were working on. We were both super duper bored doing absolutely nothing because there was nobody in the store and we had done all of the chores. And he turns to me, apropos of nothing, and goes, so who's your favorite president? Mine's Reagan. <laughs> and I went, I don't have ew. a favorite president. <laughs> I, I went, ew. And he went, what? What do you have against Ray- Reagan? And I looked him dead in the eyes and I went, I'm gay. I don't remember what his name was, but for the sake of the story, I'm going to call him... Toby. What? No, I like the name Toby. Eh, Brad. I'm going to call him Brad. I turn to Brad and I say, I'm gay, Brad. That's why I don't like Reagan. And he did not speak to me for the rest of the shift. And the next time, when we had a shift together, he was like, so... uh You like Marvel movies? <laughs> oh boy! And I was—I like, don't. Do you have a favorite president? I don't have a favorite president. I do not. Good choice. If you were to pick one, could you? I mean, I... Obama. But that's mainly because when I was a teenager, he was the president. Yeah. It's like a—it's a kind of a nostalgic, like back before I understood how terrible the U.S. was. Who's the peanut? Who's the peanut one? Carter? Yeah, he's nice. Is he? I think so. I'm sure all of them committed war crimes. Oh, for um, <clears throat> absolutely. But when people talk about, I never hear anything about Carter. Like nobody um, brings up Carter. Out of all of the presidents who've been Democrats who are still alive, mm-hmm. who were alive when our parents were, you know, whatever, nobody talks about Jimmy Carter. They're like, he was a peanut farmer. And everybody's like, cool. Just some guy. (laughs) (laughs) And somebody else was like, oh, you know who else was a peanut farmer? One of the like old, old presidents. And then you have to be like, no, no, no. His enslaved people were peanut farmers. Mm -hmm. There's a distinction. Who's your least favorite president? 
all of that well trump uh, i'm gonna say oh i mean trump's a good one i, I forgot. mean you, I feel like i'm gonna you be honest i forgot about trump um for, for no, a no, few no. moments of bliss i forgot about andrew jackson honestly i was gonna honestly, say andrew jackson andrew jackson fuck that guy it's gotta be andrew jackson and then reagan but like they're pretty much like um, right there in terms of the amount of death that they caused mm. to people who um i mean to, trump's to, up to, there trump's up there to just like oppressed groups yeah um they're both just like absolute dog <laughs> shit podcast to go wild turn <laughs> This podcast took a truly. Speaking of, wait, hang on. I could bring it back around. I could bring it back around. Speaking of politicians who caused death to people, let's bring it back to the Soviet Union. Jesus Christ! Uh, it's okay. The, it's okay. The seven I'm listeners we wait, have are going to okay. stop listening. It's it's okay. I'm Jewish. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um. <clears throat> I made me laugh so hard I snorted. <laughs> let's let's see if we can spin this. Um, speaking of really elaborate works of pro- propaganda, you want to know what's cool about this Lord of the Rings? I'm still I still have it up. They made mm. Galadriel. Who I, I think this is Galadriel. She's fat. Nice. I really I I'm really in, in, intrigued by the the discussions of the soundtrack. Would love to check that out at some point. Love a good I can't soundtrack. hear it. I muted it so I could have an actual. I muted it so I could talk. Yeah. Um, these elves. These sorry. These hobbits look fucking. It, they. They look insane. They look genuinely insane. I. <laughs> they, they look like. I don't. I don't know how to describe the way that they look other than just like. Crazy because they haven't made like. The Peter Jackson Lord of the Rings did such a good job distinguishing them, the humans from the... The hobbits. Or, like, the the tall people from the not tall people. <laughs> because there's also elves, yeah. and there's also... But there's dwarves, too. Like, Gimli's a dwarf. Like, but they did such a good job with, like, makeup and stuff like that. Mm. And here they've also drawn that distinction... But they've done it just with makeup, but they're all the same. Everybody's the same height, and yeah. everybody just looks crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, this is they've this story also put, is from like a couple days ago. So they've also like put like this weird... really excited about Soviet Lord of the Rings right now. I, there's there's like... also this like really weird hazy filter over everything, and I <laughs> like I I just don't understand. It's just, I gotta say, um, a lot of Soviet films, they would put a piece of glass that was smeared with oil in front of the lens while filming for some reason. Oh, like, no, somebody's, somebody's crying. I can, I have it turned down really low. I literally hear somebody crying. What is happening? I know she's getting tempted by the one ring. You know how sometimes when you hear something really quiet in another language, you think it's, you're like, this is English. Yeah. It sounds like English, but you're dreaming, you know? Yeah, that's happening. This the whole thing is like a fever dream. Anyway, should we move? Do you have more things to say about this? Because I'm ready to turn really. it off because I think, I think if I keep watching, my brain's going to melt. Yeah. What? 
Is that supposed to be the eye of Sauron? It's it's purple. I don't like it. I'm done. I think I've, I think I'm done. I think my brain's gonna explode out of my head. Um, um, that was wonderful. Are you ready for a headline out of context? I am. Should we do our other stuff first? Yeah, let's do our other stuff first. Okay. Um, drink your drink water. Water. It's good for you. And it's, it's delicious. Great. It's great for you. It's delicious. You literally, literally need it to survive. I was going to say that. Oh, sorry. It's okay. I can still be your friend. Um, who what are else? you talking about this week? I have I have nothing. I've been Okay. I've um, been so busy. Mood. Mm, um, mm. Mm. If I have just a plug now that I no longer need to make a vaccine appointment, so um well I would have plugged this anyway. If you live in the Massachusetts area, or there are probably these in your area as well, mm. um, but things like vaccine time on Twitter um it's a twitter bot that tweets out vaccine locations and links to go register for a vaccine if you're eligible uh, i highly recommend going to at vaccine time on twitter all i mean it's all one word with no underscore um super helpful that is actually how i was able to make my appointment through a twitter bot so that's my plug for this week go do that um go get vaccinated get that good juice in your arm so we can all be done with this a little bit sooner um drink your water that that'll also help just keep keep you hydrated water is the drinking water is one of the simplest and easiest ways to be kind to your body Mm. depending on who you are but um it's a lot easier than like yoga yeah drink it drink water it's easier than doing yoga yeah it's easier than doing pretty much like a lot of other it's drinking water it's easier than doing lots of other things absolutely um follow us on twitter at h-y-h-t-g-n podcast yeah or at tangents only on twitter yeah Um, or send us an email uh or tangents only at gmail.com or H-Y-H-T-G-N podcast at gmail.com. Um, if you'd like to sponsor our wonderful podcast, you can. we can be reached at that email address as well. Um, at some point, honestly, it's looking more and more like over the summer probably. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I, once again, I'm a senior. I'm about to graduate. I got lots of stuff happening. My life is busy um that's not to say that my life won't always be busy but 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 i'm in the thick of it right now i'm in the thick of it my last semester of college is wrapping up as we speak and i have a big thing next week so like i gotta prep for my my shit as it were um yeah my dad's birthday was yesterday. Happy birthday, dad. Oh, if you want us to give you a message on the show, we should set up this business meeting time. Mm-hmm. We should set up a Venmo account 
And if you'd like to have a shout out for a friend of yours on the show, we could do that for a price. Yeah. I don't know what a fair price would be, but. We'll figure that out. One dollar for each one of our listeners. One dollar per word. That seems excessive. Ten dollars for a shout out. Yeah. Um, We'll see. Anyway, (laughs) that does it does semantics give me my headline baby um okay (laughs) beautiful me trying to find the article uh lil nas x debuts animal crossing version of montero video (gasps) pretty self-explanatory but i thought that sounded oh i heard about this i knew about this oh you know what my favorite thing about the whole lil nas x thing is everything i mean apart from all of it and i know we talked did you keep in i haven't listened to last week's episode you kept in us talking about little nuts right maybe who's to say who's to say here's my thing about the whole little nuts controversy people are getting mad at him for doing literally exactly what he said would happen because he's gay yeah which is he would go to hell and he did except he just did it in style I mean, he, I love him for that. I mean, there's also, there's a lot of articles that say this more eloquently. <laughs> but, like, basically, he took something that he has been told his entire life and made it into perf- art. And yeah. people hate him for that. And there's also, the, people are saying that because of Old Town Road, his dem- quote-unquote demographic was children. Which, by the way, it's not. Just because a song is popular with children doesn't mean he's a children's performer. Um, mm-hmm. there's that. And also it's not his responsibility to make music for children because kids listened to one of his songs. He's going to yeah. make music that he likes. And Montero is a fantastic song. Absolutely. So, and also he wasn't, he's been teasing Montero for months. And also if you look at the thumbnail for the video, somebody else made this point. Um, I don't remember who, but if you look at the thumbnail for the video, He's not exactly hiding the fact that it's not a video for kids. Anyway, mm-hmm. I feel like we could talk about this for ages. Do you want to hear about my article? Absolutely. Uh, my article this week comes to us from The Guardian. Um, like moving a herd of elephants, San Francisco's history of houses on wheels. Hmm. This week, the city moved a Victorian house six blocks, a practice that has continued for more than a century. Sorry, sorry. Are you telling me that during the Great Depression, people were like, let's just pop some wheels on this bitch and take her to a different road? Mm Mm-hmm. Wild. (laughs) Uh, Hundreds of San San Franciscans lined the streets on Sunday... Phones drawn, ready to catch a glimpse of the unique uh, unique procession slowly making its way through the city. Ladies and gentlemen, please stand on the sidewalk, a police speaker blared. Uh, there's a house coming down the street. Okay, to be fair, that's a pretty great thing to hear from. If I, could, if I had to hear anything from a police officer, that's probably one of yeah. the there's better There's a house things. coming down the street. Please move aside. There's a house coming down the street. Um, the two-story, 5,170-square-foot Green Victorian, known as the Englander House, has spent more than a century in the heart of San Francisco, but for years it stood vacant and fell into disrepair. 
sandwiched behind a gas station and loomed over by new apartment buildings. The city, which has suffered from a housing shortage, was ready to build an 80-unit building in its place. But oh, wow. instead of being demolished, the building the instead of demolishing the beautiful building, teams lifted it off its foundation, put it on wheels, and heaved it to its new home six blocks away. Heave ho. Heave heave ho. Uh, tree trimmers, city workers, and excited observers joined the parade through sharp turns, narrow misses with balconies and light poles as the six-bedroom house inched its way at no more than one mile per hour. It's really cool to, like, look at these pictures. It looks like something out of a movie set. Um, The move, which cost the owner, Tim Brown, roughly 4,000, or, sorry, $400,000 was no easy feat. It was the first time the Victorian had been relocated in roughly 50 years, according to the San Francisco Historical Society, but it's certainly not the first time ever. San Francisco has a long history of relocating buildings, often in a similarly dramatic fashion. As far back as 1886, Samuel Clemens, better known by his pen name Mark Twain, mocked uh, mockingly chronicled an ill-fated move for a local newspaper. The morning, the daily morning call as the SF gate Andrew, Andrew Charmings. That's your name? Iconic. Um, Andrew Charmings noted in an article about the history of moving houses late last year, an old house got loosed from her moorings last year and drifted down Sutter Street towards Montgomery. The author wrote, adding that for several days, the vagrant two-story house that had been wandering, (laughs) has been wandering listlessly about Commercial Street. (laughs) Back then, horses had to do the lugging. Crews used, holy cow, can you imagine horses doing that? Moving a, 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 a house? Kind of? Like, nay. I cannot. <laughs> sorry. Um, sorry. I promise this that was whole, not a... The idea of, like, moving a house through a city and it becoming, like, a parade spectacle thing made me think of... There is some town in Massachusetts that had a parade where they rolled a giant wheel of cheese down the street. Do you remember oh, that? It yes. was in the Boston Globe. Do you remember which town it was? Um. Let's see... Giant cheese, Massachusetts. Oh, Concord. It's Concord. I thought so. There's a great cheese shop in Concord. Um, but like the the energy is the same. Yeah. <laughs> Let's all gather around to move this large. Isn't object. there like an? Isn't there like an auction for like the cheese wheel or parts of the cheese wheel? I'm Isn't sure. that why it's a big deal? Because it's like imported and then you auction, they auction it. Yeah. Uh, Boston Globe says, first of all, the headline is you can't miss this giant cheese parade. Love it. Love it. Love it. I want to roll uh, a wheel of cheese into my mouth. <laughs> go get Sorry. one of them bay I don't know why that's really making me laugh right now. Oh, man. It's because I'm hilarious. Um, I want to make mac and cheese for dinner. 
Mm. Crews use boards, ties, and oiled planks to slowly pull the house over San Francisco's hills. Also, can you imagine that? San oh, Francisco- fuck. I forgot about the hills. Yeah. It Jeez. seems like a difficult way to do buildings, but Diane C. Donovan who detailed the centuries of house moving in her book, San Francisco Relocated. Just, found... Can you imagine a runaway house on a San Francisco hill? Can you imagine? Do you think it would, it, it depending on where in the city it like ran, it, it got loose from, how much, do you think it could pick up enough momentum to like... What's the name of that really big, steep street in San Francisco? Well, so the really steep one is Lombard Street, the one that's all curvy. But... Yeah. Um, She found it a fairly common practice. Some houses were even brought to the city by ship before being transported across town. The city's most famous move, and probably its biggest, happened in the 1970s when 12 Victorian homes were spared from destruction during San Francisco's Western Edition redevelopment plan. Two decades prior... The San Francisco Redevelopment Agency had set out to clear an entire community and build new housing that would attract affluent residents. Of course, classic. Home to mostly black and immigrant families, the Western Edition neighborhoods were slated for demolish, were slated for demolition in what is now considered one of the most egregious acts of gentrification. Mm. Yeah, seems seems about right. In the end, more than 8,800 businesses closed and 4,729 households had to leave their homes. Roughly 2,000 Victorian homes were torn down. 2,500 Victorian homes were torn down. This seems like, I know San Francisco is like not great in terms of gentrification and it's Mm -hmm. really bad, especially now. But this seems like real, real bad. Yeah. Yikes. Holy shit. Sorry, I was looking at a map of San Francisco. <laughs> trying to picture everything in my head. Some of these pictures are crazy. Mm. Of of moving this house. Okay. But uh, 12 were spared. With public anger growing over the Victorians being wiped from the city, the redevelopment agency agreed to auction some of the houses and to transport them out of the area. It was like moving a herd of ele- elephants and about the same speed, said a former redevelopment agency official, Carlo Midioni. Midioni. Sorry, that's probably not. That's probably offensive. Um, in a video about the experience published by Found SF. You can tell that I was raised super Greek because I was immediately going to be like, who gives a shit if we offend the Italians? Which is <laughs> Yikes. Deeply, uh, <laughs> deeply ingrained xenophobia. Um, in local... But like, it's the same way that people from BU hate BC, you know? Yeah. It's like playful neighborly rivalry. Playful xenophobia. <laughs> I'm actually I'm I'm part Italian. My mom my mom found out that she's sixty percent Greek and like thirty eight percent Greek Italian. Uh oh. Ninety eight percent Greek. It took a month. That's how, impressive. How? 
Well, it's moving. I don't know. Move just a couple feet every day. <laughs> well, I can imagine like if they were moving 12 homes, it probably took yeah a while. Fair. Because they have it, to. It un- takes time to put them on the wheels. And then yeah, it takes, probably takes a but while. because you imagining have to- that like. You have to lift the houses off their foundations. In my mind, it took them a, ma- a month after it's on wheels to just move it from point A to point B because it went so slowly. <laughs> um, it was a big spectacle. Spectable. It was bedable. It was a big spectacle. <laughs> it was a big spectacle, said Dave Glass, a photographer whose parents immigrated from Poland and raised him in in the Western edition. They moved out to the Sunset District by the beach when his childhood home was demolished. Years later, he documented the relocation of the houses that were saved. People who lived people who lived nearby would open their windows and see a big Victorian house passing by. It was really something to see. Do you want me do you want to see these pictures? Absolutely. They're crazy. Do you want me to send? I'll send you the article in Link the chat. Me. Put it in Discord, please. Just so you know, we can. I can tweet the links later. Oh, you're giving me so much extra work to do. I'm the worst. Um, there you go. Um. I guess okay. you know. Part of me is like I never really think about how big a house is, mm-hmm. which is. A weird thing to say. Mm-hmm. You know, you never really think about the size of buildings because they're always on yeah. the ground. I mean, the only the only time I ever think about the size of buildings is when I'm doing map making for D&D. And then I'm like, how big is a house, really? <laughs> <laughs> how, how many five by five squares do I put in this room? I never, like, actually make maps for D&D like that. None of my maps have ever... I've never made a two-scale map once in my entire life it's fine um and i was like i'll wing it and it'll be okay and it usually is except for the times when it's not in which case Mm. um oopsie Um, daisy side note so i for for our listeners i dm a campaign that sophia plays in and i tend to wing it all the time i have a couple notes on like important things but mostly i'm winging it except for puzzles I thought it would be your fun puzzles and are so good. By the way, oh, I just thank you. would like to throw that out there. My puzzles are terrible. I think. I googled. Well, no. Here's the thing. My puzzles are usually fine, but and this is true across the board with D and My players. I just googled like logic every... puzzles for children and change the words around so it doesn't sound like they're for children. We are children, though. <laughs> that's how D and D. That's how D and D works. You give people a puzzle that you're like, "This won't take them an entire session to solve," and then it does. Mm-hmm. Um, hang on, wait. I have two paragraphs. I have oh, two. sorry. Go I have for two it. Par- I, have, I have two paragraphs. Um, Glass, who also watched the Englander house move through the city last weekend, or Glass was also out watching the Englander house move through the city last weekend. The process, he said, hasn't changed much, but he thinks the sentiment has. He lamented how the structures has how he lamented how the structures has not been valued in previous decades. People didn't give a damn about the Victorian houses, he said, noting that 
Even through the dozens that have been preserved, thousands were destroyed. Now they are prized. Glass hopes it stays that Glass hopes it stays that way. San Francisco will have enough pride in the city's history and aesthetics aesthetic to protect the victorious. You know what's a ridiculous word to try and say? Mm. Aesthetician? Aesthetician? Sure, maybe. Who knows? people who remove wax? No. Hair? Aesthetician? Anesthetist? Anesthetist, that's it. Because anesthetist... No, the people who knock you unconscious in England. Well, they knock you unconscious here, too. Well, in America, they're called anesthesiologists. But in England, they're called anesthetists. 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 (laughs) It really sounds like somebody is holding onto your tongue when you say that. Um, Anesthetists. Fucking hell. um, Even if that means making big moves, we'll have these tall, ornate redwood buildings, he said. Nobody else has those. End of article. Now we talk doo-doo garbage. Doo-doo garbage. No, wait. Do you have anything? Wait. Do you have anything more to say about big houses? Big houses. Um, <clears throat> I feel like Boston has a lot of these houses, though, too. I love an old house. I would never want to, like, own an old house because I'm sure the upkeep is a fucking nightmare. But oh, the I love upkeep must be bananas. Going around historical areas and, like, looking at the houses that have the little plaque there that are like, hey, this this house, it's one of older friends, than America. One of our friends lives in an old house. Interesting. Well, the, I, I believe so. But, like, yeah. you know, being from the area that we live in, a lot of the houses are, like, historical. Mm-hmm. And you just don't ever, if you're ever in the Boston area and you want to go to a historical place, um, fun fact, don't go swimming in Walden Pond. It's mostly piss. <laughs> it says, I believe believe it has the highest concentration of urine in the in in any pond of any pond in the world yeah because i like that something like that um it's it's a piss pond yeah um i would love to go swimming at all you know come visit come visit me there are ponds near me it's april <sighs> like i will go swimming outside in april but it's not advisable. <laughs> I almost said it's the end of April. It's not. Not even close. It's the 8th. Um, I'm getting shot tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Boom! <laughs> That's how I keep phrasing it. <laughs> um, anyway. Oh, we were talking about how much piss there is in Walden Pond. <laughs> we were talking about that piss pond. Piss pond. Um, um, gotta love New England. I don't know if anybody else out there can relate to this. I fucking love swimming in cold water when it's seasonally inappropriate. And I have been thinking since February about just getting in my car, driving to the ocean and like going in the ocean for a little while. Just go to the PNW, my man. But the PNW? Pacific Northwest. Ah. That water is cold even in the middle of the hot, hot summer. Not that it gets that hot in the summer. Um, Oh, but, like, normally I would drag one of my friends to, like, hang out on the beach while I threw myself into the ocean. Because I've done that I'm before. sitting there. I'm sitting there and imagining you just, like, arms crossed over your body just being like, whee! 
Yep, that's pretty much. You've seen me get into the water at the ocean. Listen, I like, would fully get in. Let me be submerged. If I was, if I was not in on the other side of the state, I would come with you. I appreciate that. Maybe and I'll be once one of our friends and I have both been, you know, powed, shot. <laughs> that's the noise it makes when you. Can- <laughs> That's the make it noise it makes when it goes in you. I think I'm getting the Dolly Parton vaccine. Ooh! Didn't she do the? Didn't she do the? Fi, didn't she do Pfizer? Right? I don't I'm getting know. the. I'm getting the Jolene vaccine. <gasps> vaccine, 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 vaccine. I'm begging of you, please keep me safe. <laughs> Go in my arm. Please go in my arm. I'm wondering about which arm I should put it in. Should I put it in my arm with the tattoo? Because it's already got scar tissue in it in case I have. Sometimes I get scar tissue after. Yeah. It's up Getting to your tattoos dis- over scars hurts, though. It's up to your discretion. Yeah. I thank God I don't have very many scars because I do have scar tissue. And the only scars that I really do have are from when I was in Rockport and I slipped and fell and sliced my leg open. But that's on my shins. And you would have to literally pay me a million dollars to get a tattoo on my shin. That I would literally rather eat glass, I think. If somebody paid you a million dollars to get a tattoo on your shin, would you let them pick what the tattoo was? If you were picking the tattoo. Not me. Somebody. No. Some super fan of the podcast. At <laughs> even to pay you a million dollars to get a tattoo. Y- no. Av- no. No, I don't trust people. I don't tr- I I'm sorry. I don't trust like that. I was going to say you could always get it covered up, but that would also really hurt. Absolutely. Not. Cover-ups. One cover-ups hurt. Two, can you imagine a cover-up on your shin over a scar? Sounds like a nightmare. Sounds like my literal worst nightmare. It's, <laughs> God. Um, I was going to say, I don't know if you've ever gotten a tattoo near or on a bone, but it's the fucking wildest experience. You feel like there's bees in your spine. Yeah. I mean, I, it rattles not, your whole skeleton. N- I mean, no, I, I haven't really. And I think I will probably be one of those people who gets tattoos not near bone. I'm going to avoid that experience in my life. My The big one that I have planned for my life is thigh, upper thigh. Mm. Not on the inside, not on the the seat part of my thigh. The not. It's a really weird way of describing <laughs> the, it. The seat part? Is that the part that you sit on or the part that other people sit on? <laughs> the part that I sit on. Because when I think of the seat of my thigh, I think where. Where that that good good soft meat for pillows for friends is. No, I'm thinking about the Throwback part that to I. Your birth- Do you remember? No, it was your graduation from high school party where a bunch of our high school friends fought over sitting in my lap, and I swooned. That's cute. I'm glad I was able to facilitate that. This has gotten so. <laughs> <laughs> We're just I feel like we've no okay. Hang on, where we're both a little bit out of it, and it's no, no, no. We've definitely had more off-topic conversations in this podcast. This is definitely some that's an off-topic of the, question. One of the more on-topic. We're off on a tangent, but like, yeah, this isn't incoherent. We've had more incoherent 
we've been more incoherent before. True. At least we've been coherent up to this point, you know? You know what else is incoherent? My, nope, I'm not going to finish that sentence. The Soviet version of Lord of the Rings. Oh, About yeah. which you have heard the good news. You've heard the good news about that. You've heard the good news about, who is it Blue Paul Dogs. again? Blue Dogs. Also from Russia. Also from Russia. You've heard the good news about the Animal Crossing version of Mo- Montero. Um, you've heard the good news about these Victorian houses. Homes. <laughs> houses. I was like, I was like, fuck what? What's the word? What's the word? Did houses. we talk about? Did we talk about any other news related item? Probably. I'm trying to think. I don't think so. Y'all have heard the good news. I have been cat. I have been Sophia. Oh, we talked about the wheel of the, the cheese thing. Oh, yes. The cheese wheel in Concord. Um, yeah. The, the Boston Globe. I just can't get over the you can't miss this cheese wheel. I don't know why that headline is so funny to me. You can't miss it. You can't miss it. It's 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 a big old cheese wheel. Is it going to happen ever again because of, you know, the Rona? Yeah, that's a that's a. <laughs> Can we go back to the way things were before? Can we roll a giant wheel of cheese down a street in a town? <laughs> what do you think Henry David Thoreau would have made of that? Isn't he from Concord? Um, He probably would have scoffed at it and then eaten some of that cheese at his mother's house. Because <laughs> he's a self-important prick. Yeah. That's that's my opinion. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, you have heard the good news. I have been Cat slash Dylan. Oh, my turn. I, I'm Sophia. Good night and good news. And I will catch you on the flip side. Bye.